Should every 26-year-old with a decent job be buying a home instead of renting? Guess what? You're never going to believe the answer I give you. It depends. Now, I know a lot of realtors and lenders are going to try to make sure that you hear, don't waste your money, buy a home as soon as you can. Well, things have changed. The world is different. And in this interview with Carl, yeah, that Carl, if you're a homie, I talked about this dude in like the first few episodes. We're going to get to talk to Carl, who just closed on a home in 2023. So yeah, sometimes it's a four or five year journey, and that's the best choice for this particular first time home buyer. Play that music. Now, if you are one of those crazy people who's listened to every episode I have, I have like over 190. Some of you might remember way back when, when I was in my living room in the middle of the night and I talked about my friend Carl. Carl and I, uh, he's a local dude. And we met, we went to my favorite place in the whole world, Claim Jumper. And uh, I'll never forget, Carl was like, dude, I don't want to deal with fixing stuff. I love my landlord fixing everything. So I laid out some of the numbers for him and he went, okay. And we started looking around and then fast forward. What Carl, what year was that? Was that 2019, 2020? It was, it was pre pandemic. Yeah, that was actually, I actually looked it up just, uh, just for this instance. Uh, Nice. It was February, 2019. Whoa. February 2019 was when we started chatting. And yes, God, that might have even been before I had the podcast going. I might yeah, have just you, I, back then you were talking about wanting to do it. Wow. So I met Carl through my Disney people and uh we chatted. So okay. So now, not in Southern California, Carl's sitting in a home in Vegas. So let's hear the whole story, Carl. We met when I was just a, a realtor without a podcast. Tell us your journey. Um, I mean, as you as you pointed out, I was one who just wanted to rent. Um, I didn't want to deal with uh, fixing up the place. I, I if if something broke, okay, their landlord would, would deal with it. Um, and I didn't want to deal with the maintenance. I didn't want to deal with landscaping. Um, but fast forward to today, and um, that's something that I, as much as I don't want to do that right now, I have to. But I'm, I'm very glad that I'm in a position to be able to do so. Um, like I'm looking out my window right now, I don't have any landscaping, and um, you know. As I as I pointed out earlier, it would be nice for a landlord to do it, but it's cool to know that whatever is going to be in that yard is going to be my decision. It's going to be my design. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely excited for it. That is a huge one. You know, I've had I've had so many people talk to me about the fact that one of the reasons why they enjoy. Uh, their home so much is because it's their home and they can do whatever they want to it. So now 
what's really cool is, like I said, Carl and I met because I, I work with a lot of people at Disneyland and we met and he was like, had a good job going. I think you were back home with your parents at that time when we first talked and you still decided at that time. I mean, you're a young dude. I don't remember. How old were you when we met? Four years ago, I was 26. 26. 26, good job, uh, and was just trying to figure out if you should rent or buy. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you just discovered that it was, once you got the numbers with me, you still thought you wanted to do some stuff. So uh, I remember, so you rented, and then you ended up taking trips all around the world. What did you end up doing, bud? <laughs> yeah, right when I right when I ended up renting, actually, I, I took a trip uh, with my one of my best buds. Uh, we went to every Disney park in the world on a single two-week trip. Um, you know, it, it probably, it was great. It was great. There's there's no comparison. Um, luckily, I was able to. I was working for Disney at the time, so it was nowhere near that. I don't know if you saw. There's a Adventures by Disney trip right now. They're selling for one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Whoa! Um, to every Disney park in the world. So I was definitely not even close to that. So thank you for thank you to Disney for letting me work there while doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I remember, you know, we we were we were looking at places uh, here in Southern California and thinking about, okay, I've got this chunk of money, or I'm going to be able to get this chunk of money, or I'm going to lease. And I remember at one point we were like, okay, you know what? Let's go into the lease. And then next thing I know, we're you, you're jaunting all over the world because you had this awesome, amazing discount, and for you that choice of being able to do that that one time uh, was the right move. I'm assuming you felt very comfortable with that because you ended up not even buying in Southern California. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I totally wish that I could have stayed in Southern California. Um, but the reality is the price is just very expensive there. Um, for what I have here in Vegas, um, it was Brand built brand new to to what I wanted, um, versus that same price would probably be a, a one bedroom condo. Um, yeah, built in maybe nineteen fifty or sixty. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember we were looking um, at some of those without a washer and dryer on the premises. You had like apartment yeah. style washer and dryers. Definitely not a garage, or maybe if we were lucky, maybe a carport. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, um, exactly that. Um, I I remember at that time I, I there was a complex right across the street from Disneyland. Um, I remember going in, and I found out HOA was what five five hundred fifty bucks. And I, I walked around the complex, and I was like, "What am I paying for?" Because landscaping wasn't done. Every building needed repainting. Um, just just upkeep was not there pool was dirty and so yeah i was I, it didn't make sense for me to um buy a condo there pay the hoa for something that wasn't really being kept up versus here in vegas again the house is about the same price my hoa here is i believe it's 85 85 bucks a month Ugh. um 
and it's it's kept really really well. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I, I even though I live here in Vegas, I still technically have my job at Disneyland too. I know, I know, I remember <laughs> that. I was, I was, I, I was, I was about to explain to the listeners who don't know. For those of you who aren't familiar, uh, those of us who are in Southern California and go to Vegas, um, it's it's not close, but it's commutable. And there are plenty of us that do it, um, whether it's for fun or <laughs> in your case, yeah. there are a lot of people that go SoCal to Vegas all the time. And I think in this, you know, post pandemic remote world, I mean, is that what kind of opened your mind up to it? Was it, it, it you know, post pandemic after you did all your traveling that, you know, because you could have found someplace possibly an hour or two away from Disney as opposed to five hours away. So, you know, a lot of people are doing that remote work thing and they're buying not in the city, but way out in the suburbs. So they get more for their money like you did. What led you to go even beyond, you know, Orange County and Riverside County here all the way to Vegas? Do you have any ties there or was it purely just something that you were interested in? Um, I definitely don't have any ties here in Vegas. I, I probably know maybe one or two people. When I thought about it, there are, I, I remember it was a birthday trip back in 2020, maybe 2021, um, that I came here to Vegas. It was, it was a solo trip. I, I just wanted, you know, a quick little getaway, um, from work, from, from living with the parents. Um, and so came here to Vegas and I remember thinking, hmm. That drive wasn't too bad. I think it was like three and a half hours without traffic, um, you know, middle of the night or early morning. Yep. Um, so three and a half hours wasn't bad. Um, and then I thought about, okay, two hours sometimes from where I lived in Huntington Beach to LA, that's two hours already, or even San Diego. Right? Totally. So, so then those are, you know, really close to Orange County. So, but I knew those places all already out of the question in terms of price. Um, so as you alluded, Riverside County, I mean, I, I felt like living in Corona, even as far as Victorville, sometimes that commute could be very brutal too. The, that could definitely, that can be three and a half hours. Yeah. Because there's only, only one way in and one way out, man. Yeah, exactly. And so driving that part from, say Victorville to to Vegas again definitely not bad and living in Vegas opened up one more opportunity for travel in terms of there you can get $20 flights between Vegas and uh John Wayne Airport wow they're not they're not the best airlines in Frontier or Spirit but yeah. you know for 20 bucks that's cheaper from, cheaper than yes so um, it takes it definitely takes some planning, and, but to me, it's it's so so much worth it compared to again um, a tiny shack that would be the same price as this. Okay, so this is a, this is so fascinating to me because when you and I first talked, there was the twenty six year old initial apprehension, and then we and then you. I remember at the end of the first meal. You were like, all right, I get it. And then you took your own time because you're a bright guy and ran over the math yourself. And I think what the cool thing about this is you discovered 
on your own in working with me that maybe buying a home wasn't the right thing and in Southern California. And then you went and took your trip. And then all of a sudden it was like, David, I'm thinking about Vegas. And I was like, awesome. And then we got you. And you went back and forth a few times in Vegas before you settled on on the home that you're in right now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you connected me with uh, Ben Correa yep. out here. Um, great guy. Great realtor out here. Um, but to me, Vegas was also... Actually, one of the most important things for me was to stay close to SoCal at the very least. If I couldn't be there, I just wanted to be close. Um, not obviously not not for Disney, but for family. Yes, a bunch of family out there. Obviously, my parents um, and realistically, all my friends. You know, um, so it was it was definitely important for me to be able to stay close. And you know, being in Vegas is already a whole other world, it seems. And so it, it, it provided already that level, extra level of excitement. Um, it opened up no, more food opportunities, me being a huge foodie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it just, it just felt like a great fit. Um, I hear it all the time. You're nuts for even, for even wanting to do it. Um, for even keeping my job in SoCal. Um, I'm fortunate to be able to be remote, um, two days a week, hybrid work schedule. Um, and my job has been flexible enough for me to be able to choose which days, um, I'll be driving down tonight, actually. Um, yep. then coming back Thursday night, um, back here in Vegas. So, um, again, it, it definitely takes some planning, but, um, it just, it just feels so worth it compared to, like I said, the shack in Orange County. And I think that's probably the most important thing for the listeners out there to understand. You know, I mean, Carl and I met before I even did the podcast and I was just like, hey, here's another first time buyer. And you might find out in your first discussions that where you grew up or or where your job is, if you got transferred to Chicago or Portland or God forbid, New York, that is or San Francisco, <laughs> that it's going to be impossible you know, for you to buy your first place there. So, you know, taking these, but what is really cool to me is not only did you, did you take the understanding of, okay, maybe I want to do this someplace else, but you lived your life. You know, the, the average age of the first time home buyer last year was 36 years old. So you took three or four years to figure it out, you know, managed to navigate a global pandemic and then found this awesome, is, is it the same job that you're at now, still working remotely? Um, back, no, I, I did change jobs um, back in 2020. Um, but it was still a more, Southern California-based job. Yeah, yeah. I, I essentially went from Newport Beach to Irvine instead. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just feels like a lot of things just lined up. Really? So the journey is the most exciting thing for me, for all the listeners to understand. Uh, but get down to the nitty gritty for us. Talk about the the buying a new home. What tips and tricks did you learn in the, in the process of, of working with Ben and buying a, a new home, which are more plentiful in Las Vegas? Uh, what were some of the things that, that, about the process that, uh, that happened for you that you found intriguing? Um. 
it was definitely a journey. <laughs> to uh. say it was definitely a journey to say the least. Um do I have regrets? Yeah, absolutely. Do but I sure as hell am proud of the place this has become. Um I definitely have a lot more to do. Um but the beginning of the process was really in- interesting in that um I built through KB Home. Um Interestingly enough, they don't do waitlist here um, for for the new homes. It was it was a lottery. Um, yeah. Admittedly, I I actually won the lottery three times. I pulled out twice. Like I I began the process twice, um, and this was at my old job. And when I brought this to their attention, they said, "Okay, yeah, we'll we'll let you do it." Um, we'll let you be remote a little bit. Um, but then as I was going through the process, maybe a week or two later, they decided, no, it's not happening. We're, we're going to cancel that. Um, and it went back and forth. Like I said, it went, did that happen twice? Um, yeah. just the will, will they, won't they essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so when I switched jobs, um, they officially said, yeah. That's that's essentially how it is here. At least three days in office, you get to choose when. Um, it doesn't even have to be a full eight hours. At least just a couple. Um, and so, you know, with that said, it was like, okay, it's it's finally time. And so um, I won the lottery one last time, interestingly enough. Um, that was most um, nerve-wracking one because there were a lot of people on that call. Yeah, um, there were there were about a hundred people at that time, mind you. This was twenty twenty one December, maybe, or maybe January twenty twenty two. Still, when the, I did this the, lottery. the height of the 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 competitiveness. Yeah, so a hundred exactly. people for for how many how many uh, units? How many lots? At the, it, each each lot each drawing was five units. Oh, so five out of a hundred, and yeah. this was your third. T- you'd pulled out twice, and on the third time, you still were one of the ones picked. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know. I should have bought some lottery tickets because I was real lucky during that time, dude. You moved um, to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I got real lucky. Three. Out, I, I think I was in the lottery four times. So to win three out of four, is three out of four. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you out there who don't know, when it gets competitive, when the market's slow, they'll call you 15 times a day and try to get you to come in and give you discounts. When it's competitive, first they'll start with the wait list, and then they will straight up go lottery, like you're trying to get Taylor Swift concert tickets. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, And so I think after, probably a month after after winning that lottery, I had a virtual design appointment. Um, they sent me this 100-page PDF of everything about the house that I could choose from, from Jeez. the layout of the kitchen, um, the layout of some of the bathrooms, um, what kind of cabinets do I want, color, model, um, even down to you know the handles, the poles. Um, there was just a lot. 
it was a very, very daunting process um, to have to choose all of that stuff by myself. Um, but as I said, I'm really happy with, with um, what I chose. Um, I can give you a tour, David, but it's, it's, it's a mess right now <laughs> from, from the process. To, um, well, but, Carl, don't, don't worry, because, uh, you know, being a Southern California guy, it always pays to have people in Vegas. So uh, I'll be touring it when I ask to come sleep on your couch sometime. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that virtual design appointment. Um, and then I think it was only two weeks after that. Um, I actually, I went to Vegas and finalized, um, my, my choices. Um, I think biggest regret at that time, or looking back, biggest regret during that time was not consulting, um, professional, uh, help for, for the electronics aspect of things. Um, mm. Yeah. So, for example, um, I had the choice of, do I want built-in home theater system? You know, um, do I want in-ceiling speakers and where? Um, I ended up getting in-ceiling speakers everywhere. Like, literally everywhere. Every bathroom has in-ceiling speakers. The (laughs) kitchen has in-ceiling speakers. Or pre-wiring, I should say. Okay. Um, Yeah, the pre-wiring for it. Um, but I should have consulted even, I don't know, Best Buy or some other professional, um, place in terms of, okay, I have the, uh, they're going to pre-wire it, but what actually makes sense in terms of where every component goes? Okay. So yeah, now you got, now I'm curious, expand on that. So what, 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 what do you think they would have done differently? Um, so I, I thought of it as each room will get its own, um, essentially amp. So I yeah. can do, you know, connect, uh, Apple air or, uh, yeah, Apple airplay mm-hmm. to each room into each individual room. Um, but interestingly enough, I did talk to Best Buy a little later and they, they said, Oh yeah, we have, um, one amp that could do the whole house. But that was a little late now because all the wiring is per room versus one central location. Um, oh, yeah. So you know, just just stuff like that. It's not they they said it's not the biggest issue in the world, of course. But you know, there were things that could have just been simplified. Um, so I think in general, um, that's one thing I wish I did more of. Talk to other professionals first. Um, in terms of, okay, KB or whatever builders you go through will help you with that. But that's their job, just to build it. That's to, to great. To build what you want it. Yeah. Right? But that's but, a great tip, is that you can compare, I mean, you can compare everything. You can compare KB's countertops versus another builder's countertops. Now, they're not going to put them in. They're not going to let your other builder put them in. But down the line, you can think about, you know, being able to, I think the electronics, that's, that's really interesting, being able to realize that, no, 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 just leave it and I'll install it myself later. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good tip. It's actually funny you bring up the countertops um, because part of me was actually considering not upgrading the kitchen at all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was considering just leaving everything as is, um, and then doing a remodel later. Um, the the reason being, I didn't I don't like the location of the sink. It's on the breakfast bar, but personally, I would like it by the window. Okay. Um, again, that's not the biggest issue in the world. It's it's, it's very minute, really. Yeah. Um, and so I did consult. I, I went to some kitchen remodel place, and um, I talked to them about okay, if I just left it as is, um, this would be my cost. But if I upgraded it to X Y Z items, it'd be this cost. Um, and in the end, it, it just made so much more sense to let KB upgrade it because at least everything that I did was built into the mortgage versus versus having to take out another loan or pay cash. That's very interesting. So if you bought the home, and I think that's a great lesson for everyone. If you buy the home basic and you don't go through the design center, then that basic price, let's say it was $300,000, that's what you get. And then if you're going to spend $50,000 to upgrade the property, that's out of your pocket or a different yeah. loan. Whereas yeah. if you do everything through them, then you have a $350,000 loan, which will increase your payments by a couple hundred dollars uh, monthly, but you it's a couple hundred dollars a month as opposed to $50,000 out of your pocket the day exactly. after you close. So exactly. that's a really great tip. That's a really great tip. Um, and I mean, there, there were definitely things that... Um, when I went through design studio, I was like, nope, we're at, we're absolutely not doing that. For example, um, I'm not paying $600 for a faucet personally. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I just told them, nope, as much as I want a black faucet, your prices are just not it for me. <laughs> um, and I, I could get, you know, a cheap, a really cheap one on Amazon for what, 40 bucks, if anything. Yeah. Um, not 600 I know, I know it's built in the, into the mortgage, but still, that's that's not it. Um, so <laughs> you could do were, the floors and the countertops and yeah, the baseboard. The, the, the stuff that's really hard to change later on. Yeah. Go ahead. But a faucet, oh, that's easy, you know? Yeah. And that's then great. Other things that I, I did that were kind of, um, kind of different, they said, um, I asked them not to do, not to add any mirrors. I told them no toilet paper holders, no towel bars, leave it all off. Why? I didn't like their options. And so if they even just put the basic ones and I wanted to change them later on, the mirror they put is going to be glued to the wall. Yeah. And so if I, you know, take off that huge mirror, the wall is going to be damaged. And then that's an extra step for me to have to um, repaint the wall, fix the wall. Um, same thing with a toilet paper holder or the towel bar. There's going to be holes there. What if I don't even, like, if I got an, if I replace it with another one, what if those holes don't even work for the option I liked? That's just another patchwork that I'd have to deal with. So, yeah, just, just minor things like that made made things so much easier. Well, that's a really smart move. I think a lot of people, there's a big misconception about first-time home buyers when they go into 
places that have model homes. They're like, oh, this is great. And the sign says, you know, in the 300s. And it's like, well, just so you know, this model home has $125,000 of upgrades yeah. from the design center, yeah. you know. But by you making the choices, that the things that you, you didn't want to have to change and then removing some items, then that lowers your price. And now your mortgage has... Uh, you have the big things built into your mortgage, and now you can do all these changes. So yeah, so I I definitely did the things that I definitely upgraded things that would have been a real pain to do later on. Um, yeah, like I said, ensuing pre wiring for speakers. Yeah. Um, do I have a um, an electric car? No, but I have pre wiring for electric car charger. Um, you ready? You know, maybe yeah. Maybe not me, but maybe the next homeowner of this yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. We'll appreciate that. Um, Ve- Vegas is real hot, like really hot. I personally don't like ceiling fans. I, I just like the open space. Yep. But each room has um, a ceiling fan pre-wired. So, Smart. Yeah, just, just also about future-proofing the house. So that's, okay, so that brings us to an interesting point. So when did you close on the property? Uh, March 26th of this year. Okay. And you're already thinking about future. So for you, I mean, I know we talked, you know, so much about the numbers and investing, um, and you made your choices between 26 and 30 to explore and do other things. And then we had the pandemic and then you had to go through this to find the remote job that was going to work for you. Uh, in your head, how long do you think you're going to stay in this property? I don't know, to be quite honest. In a dream scenario, I would go back to SoCal in maybe two, three years. But whether that actually works out, who knows? But it's become something for you in working with Banyer Unicorn and you going through the builder and going through the process. It made sense for you to put money into this for at minimum two to three years so that when you're in your thirties, you're, you know, in your mid thirties, you're going to be able to start thinking about uh, a home that you can use as leverage to figure out whatever your next step is. Exactly. Um, I, I knew from you um, <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's easier to get a second home when you already have a home. Absolutely. Yeah, and so part of it was, okay, let me just get into something as well. Let me just have that asset, whether I um, use it as leverage for the second home or even renting it out, having having property to rent out. I think I personally would go um, having an actual renter versus Airbnb, but that's just me personally. But there are options. Yeah, that's that's the key thing. There are options in terms of what I can do with this now. I've got to ask you, because I'm sure there are people listening to this and they're screaming into their treadmill or their dishwashers. So have you ever considered Airbnb being a Las Vegas property when you're at work for two or three days? I, I personally have not, at least not yet. Um it's been nice to come home from SoCal and just have 
displaced myself. Yeah. You know, as, as a, after living with roommates and living with the parents, um, this is actually my first time having a place to myself. And so being able to truly do what I want with it, that's been, that's been key. I know I could make some extra cash by, by Airbnb, Airbnb it or having a roommate. Um, but I would have to, you know, have, I would have to think about it even more so in that what would be friendly for both me and that person. Yeah. Like I, I, I've become a very avid Tiki mug collector and I would love to be able to display them. <laughs> um, but there's no way I would display them if um, I had someone else living here when I wasn't here. I don't want anyone touching my mugs or <laughs> 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 breaking my stuff, you know? Um, so as of right now, no, um, maybe down the line, sure. But right now, this is, this essentially is a sanctuary, you know? Because um, when, I, when I used to live with the parents, sometimes I would just, you know, rent out a hotel room just to get some of my own time. Now it's just, no, this is it. This is my place. That's amazing. Yeah, because in our journey, me and you together, we went from your parents and then you went to renting with roommates, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then and I went back to the parents. Then you went back to the parents. And yeah. then now you're in your sanctuary. And people will talk to me about, oh, I don't, I don't want to be house poor. And I get that. Oh, I'm definitely house poor. I'm definitely house poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm but you didn't say house poor. Okay, but you're... All right. So that's the cool thing. You're house poor, but you have made, you have, you could have a roommate. You know that you could not be house poor, but you are choosing to be emotionally rich. Yeah. And essentially, exactly yeah. That actually. And that's, and that's where the house poor becomes more like I'm, 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 I'm house uh, adequate, but I'm emotionally rich. You know, yeah. it's still expensive for you, but emotionally yeah, like rich right and house is a good combo. Right now, my biggest um, ex- upcoming expenses are both landscaping my yard mm-hmm. and window treatments. Um, Which again, with a new build, optional. Yeah, that's the right. that's the people will say to you know I never like to give absolutes or one size fits all but if you're going to be house poor it's better that you do it in a newer or a brand new home because you don't have the unexpected oh my god i have to replace the roof exactly so Um, your your expenses are optional yeah it's nice to know that i i have a year warranty um yeah the 10 month mark so probably in december or early january i'll have um an inspector come out yeah. Check out the property. Um, and we'll give, you know, essentially a checklist to KB saying, I'm still within the warranty. Y'all need to fix this. Now, is that a Carl thing? Or does, I mean, I'm sure KB doesn't tell you that. Is that just something you came up with to have an inspector come out towards the end of your first year? Absolutely not. That's a Ben Correa thing. 
Oh, it's a unicorn <laughs> realtor thing. I love it. Oh, the unicorns are so smart. I I personally was considering getting one even around closing time. Um, I, I it wasn't it wasn't necessary. They let you blue um, tape it enough. Yeah, I'll I'll admit there was a lot of blue tape. There was a lot of blue tape. Yeah, you know it did took some time for them to get everything done. But yeah, um, as I said, I still have what four months. No, sorry, six months to go. Yeah, until then. So I love that idea. Way to go, Ben! The ten month inspection, even on a new home, because it's still under warranty. That's so smart. Awesome, dude! I cannot believe this journey. This is uh, so crazy. I can't believe it. So, Carl, you stay right there. I'm going to say goodbye to the listeners right now. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing your story. And We really appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, of course. Thanks, man. Hey, homies. Once again, another amazing interview with uh, an OG homie before homies was even a thing. Can you believe that? Carl was working with me here in Southern California before I ever even created the podcast. And then he used the Unicorn Network to score him that incredible deal, Um, as well as some really cool stuff. I can't believe I did it again. I turned off the recording and we talked after the recording and I found out some really cool stuff. Number one, what he talked about after we hung up was the regrets, you know, that he's talking about, you know, about going through the process and doing his his wiring. He said his biggest regret was that he didn't buy in those first two lottery wins when he pulled out because home prices went up. So uh, something that probably would have been really good to hear directly from Carl. It's the truth. That's what happened. And that's the conversation that he told me after uh, we stopped recording. He still knew that Although, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily have buyer's remorse. You have didn't buyer's remorse. And because of that, he learned what he needed to do. And then he decided to move forward, even though he bought when, you know, the housing market was going down a little bit in the end of 2022 and housing prices prices were going up uh, or, or interest rates, I should say, were going up. But, you know, prices going down, rates going up. And he still decided to go through and close here in March because that process took about a year to get the entire home built. But that's understanding. If at he'd never approached me at 26 years old and we hadn't had the discussion and changed his mindset about landlords uh, and understanding that putting your money into something that you control, yes, you have to fix it, but yes, you get that forced savings account and yes, you get all the wonderful benefits of having an asset in your name, it didn't necessarily change his mind to do it exactly at 26. Not at all. Carl still wanted to go nuts and go see every Disney theme park in two weeks, which was insane. But if that's the most important thing to you in your life, then rock on. Then go do that. And if you want to buy something before you go and rent it out, that's a possibility. If you want to go and and spend all your money that you would use buying anything, whether it's for yourself or a rental, to travel and see the world, by all means, go and do that. But when Carl came back, 
he had realized because he had taken the time to do the planning with professionals that talked to him. Carl and I went to that first meal at Claim Jumper. I had no intention of selling them a house. I just wanted to chat with the dude and figure out what could be the best thing for him. And we figured out the best thing for him was to get an apartment so he could save more money and figure out exactly. And that time period when he was in that apartment and he was living with roommates, he realized a couple of things. He didn't want roommates and he didn't really think he could afford Southern California. So he went and traveled the world, came back home, lived with his parents, and then tried to figure out, well, if it's not Southern California, what can I do? And because he had the, well, the guides, the Yodas, the Sherpas to be able to talk to, I gave him everything I knew about Southern California. And when he wanted to explore other places, well, then he went and talked that all out with a unicorn in Las Vegas. And one of the things that, again, we didn't have on the recording, which drives me crazy, is that I found out afterwards that, you know, he started that build in, you know, spring of 2022. He got into it, but he couldn't lock his loan. Now, in March of 2022, when he decided, when he took the lottery pick and said, yep, I want it. Well, now they started building March, April, May, June, July. While that happened, interest rates went from 3% to 7 And by the time they got to around the end of the summer of 2022, and they said, okay, we can finally lock in your interest rate because the home's going to be built in the next six months or so, they gave them a lock. But they gave them a lock with $10,000 lender credit to buy down the rate. And he locked into a rate at 4.875. Unbelievable. And because at the time, rates were at six and a half or seven. And I know today they're still not back down there. And then here's one other piece we talked about after we turned off the recording that I think is really important as well. When he got close in January, February, and they were ready to do the complete purchase, they ran his credit again for a mortgage. Now, this is going to trigger something, and those of you out there need to know this. When you finally get that credit run, because you can do a soft pull ahead of time and you don't have to run your credit if you're eight months, 12 months, or even six months out, you can do what we call a soft pull on your credit, no points affecting negatively on your score. And then when you get close, Yes, you have to do a hard pull, as they call it. But what happened was when Carl got that hard pull, suddenly it triggered all the other mortgage companies to start reaching out to him. But because he was working with that builder and because his unicorn had got him set up and he had double protection and people looking out for him every time, he got that buy down, that $10,000 that took his rate to 4875 well, rates were still around seven in January, February, March of 2023. So when his credit got pulled and everybody called him, Carl, because you got to know Carl, he's awesome. He's like, I told him, well, unless you can get down to 4.5, I'm not really interested in what you've got. And everybody said, nope, <laughs> we can't do that. So he got to double check and know that he had the right deal. And the reason why I'm telling you that too is just know when your credit gets pulled, when you're looking to buy a home, everybody's going to call you. So make sure that you are comfortable with your lender 
whether it's a recommendation from your unicorn realtor or whether you get a unicorn lender recommendation, which we've got some of those are working for us now all over the country. You need to have trust in your team because your actual credit pull is going to trigger all these salespeople whose job is to see who got their credit pulls and then call you and try to make you think they can get you a better deal. I always like to say if if people get their clients by calling because they found out that uh, you got your credit pulled, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, an ambulance chaser lawyer or like a, uh, someone trying to buy houses because they, they look up the obituaries and then they call the sons and daughters of somebody who passed away and telling them, I can get you a great deal on your house. Really? This is how you get your clients? Hmm. So Carl's story was amazing. And um, those are some of the things that we didn't talk about during the podcast. And, and my favorite thing was that when you buy a home, it's you want as much protection as you can get. Uh, what's great is when you end up working with the unicorn team, they're not only going to protect you when you buy the home, but they gave Carl that great inspector tip. Even with a brand new home, get an inspector to come out and get all that stuff fixed under, fixed under warranty. That idea brought to you by your unicorn realtor. That means this, this guy's going to be there 10 months after the commission check cleared. He's still already thinking about that client and he's going to keep talking to him forever. So if that's the kind of stuff you're looking for, go to howtobuyahome.com and click on the get me a unicorn button. Click Ask David. Uh, we're here to help you guys. Um, if you just want to take all this information and go out and find a unicorn yourself, by all means, I'm trying to start a revolution and I don't care what it takes to get you to where you go. All this stuff is for free. So go out there and you do you, baby. Um, and that's going to be, if you want any more information, there's the YouTube. Uh, there's going to be a couple different YouTubes coming out pretty soon. We've got the How to Buy a Home podcast and then uh, the yet to be named YouTube. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, we got a new Instagram coming. Uh, I believe it's going to be the How to Buy a Home guy. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and then we've still got the How to Buy a Home TikTok. And anything you want to know, go to howtobuyahome.com. Rate, review, and share the podcast. More interviews coming. I've got more lined up because we are closing so many people this year. They're reaching out to me going, we got a home. And they can't wait to be in the podcast and share the stories with you. They did it. And you know what? You can do this.